Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Gun show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the gun violence epidemic in our country. I'm Ty Kersley, and this show I'll talk to Jeremy Stein from Connecticut Against Gun Violence. We're talking about gun laws in Connecticut and how to talk gun safety to gun owners. One question. Do you have a gun in your house? Well, I guess who's asking? Is it some gay guy on the radio or your healthcare provider in the ER? Uh, how about asking your neighbors? Either way, it could be a good conversation starter when discussing gun violence prevention. And obviously, we will give you some follow-up questions. Uh, but first, our in-memoriam. Arian Burnett, a black trans woman, is at least the fourth black trans woman to be fatally shot in the Kansas City metro area in the last year and a half. She's believed to be the 27th transgender or gender non-conforming person to die violently so far this year. Ariane Burnett passed the day before her 38th birthday, and her friends and family honored her life with a balloon release the following day. They had planned to throw Burnett a surprise party. Ariane was a Barbie, said Korea Kelly. She was a goddess. Can you hear me? Fun. When I say goddess, she was everything. If you wanted to have a good day, you need to smile. Arion was the person you wanted by your side. Burnett's best friend and transgender woman, Dee Dee Pearson, was also violently killed in the area. Pearson was murdered on Christmas Eve, 2011. When is the senseless violence to black trans women in Kansas City going to stop, said Kelly, as a friend, and both of these are my friends who both got killed the same way, and being a black trans woman myself, it hurts like hell, Kelly said. It's a pain that I can't fathom. It's a pain that I don't know how to fathom or how to tell anyone how I'm feeling. Since Burnett's death was first reported, she has been misgendered and deadnamed by local media outlets. The Human Rights Campaign estimates that three-quarters of all known trans murder victims are misgendered by the media or by law enforcement authorities. Gun violence has disproportionate impact on the transgender community, particularly trans women of color. Arian Burnett. We remember you. And now for the news. President Trump's nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the Supreme Court seat made vacant by the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is seen as a home run for conservatives. It is a chance to move the high court in a far more aggressively conservative direction for generations. In political terms, Barrett is the dream candidate for conservative Republicans and the nightmare candidate for Democrats. Judge Barrett's broad view of the Second Amendment could energize gun rights challenges. Amy Coney Barrett, who sits on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, has only one Second Amendment opinion, a dissent. But that, through the exploration of the issue in the case, some scholars said reflects an approach that could result in a sea change in the way lower courts analyze and largely uphold gun restrictions. The U.S. Supreme Court's reluctance to re-engage on the Second Amendment may end with the confirmation of Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who appears to have an even broader view of gun rights than Justice Scalia, her mentor and author of the 2008 landmark decision cementing the right to possess a firearm in the home.
Hey, Jeremy, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm Jeremy Stein. I'm the executive director of Connecticut Against Gun Violence. Um, our organization is um, a one of the older uh, gun violence prevention groups in the country. We were founded in 1993, making us more than 25 years long um, old. And uh, um, we, our mission is pretty simple: reduce gun violence in the state of Connecticut. When people think of Connecticut. Right. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, Sandy Hook. Right. Um, and, and we talked about the importance of, of concentrating on community level gun violence as well. You know, the, that that mostly affects black and brown communities. And because of that, um, we are very focused right now. Connecticut against gun violence is uh, number one agenda item. Um, so the, so the Connecticut initiative to prevent community gun violence is designed to get state level funding and coordination so that we can get um, resources to communities like Hartford, New Haven and Bridgeport who are seeing you know, day-to-day shootings um, and that need, um, you know, need community groups um, like violence intervention programs and hospital-based intervention programs that are literally stopping the shootings before they happen. But they need more help and they need more funding, they need more support, so we believe that the most effective way to do this is to have state level coordination, to have all of the partners at the table at once, to have police, legislators, but hospitals, schools, and the community, you know, survivors of gun violence, people that are in these communities and see this day to day, to be at the same table to talk about what are the most effective ways to reduce gun violence and to support evidence-based programs and, and, and fund them, and then to continue to evaluate them so that we are really using our resources effectively and we're not just saying we're going to pour all money into the police or we're all going to pour money into this camp you know we really need to be looking at this more strategically and preventatively um and if we if we use money preventatively we know we can actually save say in addition to saving lives we can save money we already spend you know estimates are about 1.2 billion dollars on gun violence and and very little of that is preventative it's it's most of that is after the shootings happen, whether it's police, courts, hospitals, loss of services, you name it. Um, but we could be spending money up front to try to prevent the shootings from happening in the first place. Uh, what are some of the gun laws that Connecticut has that you think would, other states could benefit from? Um, you know, what, what's the extreme risk protection orders, which is also known as a red flag law, um, which, which is known in Connecticut as the risk warrant was actually invented in Connecticut. Um, so we, we enacted that law more than 20 years ago um, as a result of the Connecticut lottery shooting. There was a mass shooting um, by a disgruntled employee who went in and, and uh, um, with, with a weapon and, and killed people. Um, and the response was to, um, the response originally was, they, they knew this person had a problem. They knew it had some mental health problems why couldn't they do anything about it? And at that time, the police said, well, there's nothing we could have done because of his rights under the Second Amendment. Uh, you know, so that, I'm paraphrasing. But, um, but the reality is that they, what they did is enact one of the strongest gun laws and most effective laws in the country, which enables uh, the police um, to remove guns from a home in a emergency situation, you know, as, as a last resort for someone who is at risk to themselves or others, and in, and in that case, it was obviously at risk to others. Um, 
but it is one of the most effective tools um, in, in suicide prevention. Um, and it's been studied uh, by uh, various universities, Duke, um, UConn, um, and what they found out is for every 10 to 20 times that this risk warrant is used, it saves a life. So it is, it is a game changer. But some of the other things that Connecticut has done, and Connecticut has really been at the forefront of this, and, and New York has also been really great at, at, at passing, has some, some of the strongest gun laws in the country as well. And a lot of, lot of the work that we do, we definitely partner with New York and New Yorkers Against Gun Violence um, and collaborate on what the most effective things are. Um, but we'll, one of the, some of the things that we have are, number one, we have a permit to purchase system. So if you want a gun in Connecticut, you have to have a permit. Um, if you want to purchase a gun, you have to have a background check. You have to have training. You have to go through a course. Um, so that in and of itself is, is, is a very important thing to be able to have these checks and balances. And it also creates a delay. Somebody wants to get a gun and they don't have a permit. They have to go through a lot of steps, in, including a police investigation by their local police, um, among other things. Um, so um, we, you have to be 21 to possess a handgun in, in Connecticut. Um, you, we are a May issue state. So if you apply for a permit, you don't automatically get it. The police do do a, um, a, an investigation and it's, it's, at, it's discretionary. Um, we regulate guns like ghost guns, which are unmarked, unserialized guns. We ban 3D printed guns. Um, we banned assault weapons. Um, and uh, uh, we prohibit large capacity magazines. We banned bump stocks. Um, we require lost or stolen weapons to report, be reported, which helps to reduce um, you know, bad, bad purchases, straw purchases. Uh, uh, and, um, and, you know, that's, that's, and then the last thing we did this past session this, uh, was we passed three important laws. One was uh, the ghost country printer ban, which I mentioned, but the other two were safe storage laws. Sure, sure. Right. If you could explain, uh, what does that exactly mean, those? So there were two safe storage laws that we passed uh, last session, and, and one is requirement to lock your guns up in your home if there's a child in the home or this prohibited person. That includes loaded or unloaded guns. It's known as Ethan's Law. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these laws are are named after tragedies. And Ethan was a was a teenager, um, the the uh, son of Kristen and Mike Song, who are amazing individuals. Um, he was over a neighbor's house, and he there the neighbor had um, a gun underneath his bed, unlocked, unsecured, with the ammunition next to the gun, and um, and he was killed. Um, so so the requirement in Connecticut is you have to lock up your guns. Um, this is what all responsible gun owners should be doing. It's, in fact, it's even in the manual that the NRA publishes is that safe storage is, is that important. It's, it's every gun owner knows this, that guns should be locked up, ammunition should be locked up. I it to you, but I, I wanna understand more if, if there is a law about locking up your guns, how is that affecting anyone's rights at all? Do you see that as I don't, it doesn't affect anybody's rights, um, it, you know, and, and that's the, that, you know, that's the important thing also is that, look, I, I have a gun permit, um, and, but yet I, I've, I don't own a gun. Um, I have owned guns in the past, but I don't, I don't own guns. Um, and the reason why I don't own guns is because I have children, and I know that, that my children are less safe with me having a gun. 
I mean, that's, that's the reality is that having a gun in a home does not make you safer. It may make some people feel safer, right. but it doesn't make you safer. And, um, and so the law, the safe storage law is written also is that the exception to storage is that the gun is in your control. So if you feel the need as a gun owner and, we, and, and understand we're not trying to interfere with anybody's rights, you know, real rights. We're not, we're not trying to interfere with anybody's ability to make themselves feel safer or to actually be safer. And so part of that storage law is, look, if you feel the need to have a gun on your hip while you're in your own house, then, then absolutely. You don't, you don't have to lock it up. If you feel the need to sleep with a gun under your pillow, while, while, well, I don't think people. that's the best thing to do. But if that's, if that's what you want to do, and, the, and you're going to prevent children from getting access to that gun or people who might use it to kill themselves or people that may not be familiar with guns and might accidentally, you know, then, then you can do that. And that doesn't violate the law at all. The, the question is, okay, if you go on vacation to Florida, right, and the gun's at home and you're in Florida, then what right could you possibly have that wouldn't require you to lock up that gun? If you're at work and your child's at home, why isn't that gun being locked up? If you, the gun isn't on you and you're not using it, why isn't that gun being locked up? And, you know, one of the things that we, you know, I hear this, I hear this from gun owners all the time. Well, my safety is my finger, right? You know, that's my safety. I don't have, I don't, I don't have safety on my gun because my safety, my, my finger. My fingers are, right, are exactly. my gun control. What, what you have to understand is that children don't, necessarily navigate the world the way that adults do right and there has been study after study which shows this over and over and one of the most frightening studies that 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 has been conducted is the one in which they take toddlers and they literally put guns you know not real guns but they, they put guns in the room that, that look real enough and they and they tell the children whatever you do don't touch these guns right and, and of course, the first thing, and anybody that has children knows this, you know, children's brains are not formed, they're not developed fully, you know, and, and so when you tell a child, don't, you know, don't put your fingers in the cookie jar, the first thing they're going to do is put their fingers in the cookie jar. If you tell them to stay away from this, they're going to do that. And so if you leave guns unsecured, children will access them. And I know this, when I was, I used to be a prosecutor. And I remember going through a training with the ATF and I remember them describing why so many toddlers and infants are, are killed by guns. And it's, and one of the reasons is that children don't have a lot of finger strength. And so when they, and if, and if you watch a child manipulate an object, they use their thumbs a lot because their thumbs are the strongest, right? They're stronger than those fingers, than the fingers at, at that age. And so what children do instinctively at a certain age, is when they want to press something that requires some strength, they use their thumbs, right? If you want to pull a trigger with your thumbs, that means that the barrel of the gun is facing you. So that means almost instant death when, when, when somebody pulls that trigger, right? And so it's it's, it is your responsibility as a gun owner to have that gun locked up. You want a gun? Fine. You want to train, you have to train, go through a background check, do everything you need to do to be a responsible gun owner. But if that gun is not on you and that's not being used, it's got to be locked up. And that's, that is something that even the NRA preaches. How could we encourage other parents or anyone to, to use a safe or uh, lock their ammo separately? Well, I, I think it's like any cultural change. 
Um, you know, when I was a kid, nobody ever asked about peanuts, right? You know, no, nobody ever said, um, hey, I, I never heard the conversation of my kid has a peanut allergy or other peanuts around, or my kid has a gluten allergy, you know, do you have do, you, do gluten in the house or anything else that could harm children, you know? We, but, but growing up, you know, what, what did we do with certain chemicals, right? We, we, we locked them in a cabinet so that kids, we, you know, when I was, when I was little, they didn't have necessarily child protective caps on bottles. Now, that, now you the can't poison buy poison Tylenol from the eighties. Right. And now, now every prescription bottle has it. And, and, you know, there was like, well, it's going to be hard for me to open up the bottle if it has this thing. And, and, you know, we've all survived with these types of bottles and it's, and it saves lives, you know, it prevents children from, from getting access to this. But I think it's important that we get used to the idea of, and I, I do this now. Um, if I send my kid over to a house and I don't, and I'm not familiar with the parents or, or even if I am, and I haven't, and I haven't asked this question, I ask them, um, do you have a gun in the house? And, you know, when I first started asking this, I, I was a little timid because I was afraid that people would react negatively and think like, oh, I'm prying into their home life. But, I, but the more I ask it, and, and I haven't had that happen yet, you know, but the more I ask it, the more natural it is. And now people know I'm going to ask this and, and more and more people are going to ask this. And I think, you know, it's, but it's a follow-up question as well. It's not just, do you have a gun in the house? But it's, you know, do you, is it locked up? Do the kids have access to it? And and most importantly, do they know where the gun is and do they have access and to so it? so um, you can't just rely on that, like, oh, it's well hidden in the closet. It's It's gotta be locked up too. And, and that is exactly what happened with Ethan's song is that Ethan, you know, the owner had this gun, quote unquote, hidden under his bed, but it was, it was in a plastic box. And I think maybe in a shoe box also, you know, under the bed and the, and the kids knew exactly where it is. The, the son knew exactly where the gun is. And the ammunition was in the same unlocked, unsecured box. Um, you know, the, the other, you know, so I think, I think there has to be a culture of asking, like, do you have a gun in the house? And, and I, won't, I won't let my kids play in a house where the guns are not locked up. You know, just like I won't let my kids in a house where you know, there's a dog that, that might, might bite you, you know, oh, my, you know, my dog's not locked up either, but it's been known to kill people. So yeah, go ahead and play over at the house. You know, like, wh why would you ever let your kids, why would you let your kids play in a house where the people are so irresponsible that they're not securing their firearms? Right. And, and it's just because it's become a very divisive uh, topic, like you said, you really have to make that initiative to ask, is there a gun in your house? And then obviously the follow-up questions. Um, so once again, Jeremy, um, thanks for joining us. This is Jeremy Stein. He's from Connecticut Against Gun Violence. Uh, let me, let me thank you guys, though. Uh, thanks yeah, again. I, I, thank you so much for having me here, and thank you for doing this radio show. I mean, we would love to partner more with um, GAG. And, um, um, I, I, you know, one of the things that we need to arm ourselves with is knowledge, you know, and, and instead of bullets. So, um, you know, so thank you for, for, for allowing us to, to uh, share, share what we have done in Connecticut and what you've done in New York as well. Now for breaking news. Today's report out of New York City, where advocates demand an end to gun trafficking. 
Interstate 95, also known as the Iron Pipeline, is the route guns travel to New York from states with weaker gun laws. The Iron Pipeline funnels nearly 9 out of 10 illegal guns into New York. More guns equals more death. Over 150 New Yorkers have been killed since June. These are our neighbors, our family members, even babies in strollers, like one-year-old Deval Gardner, shot dead at a family cookout in Brooklyn. The unbelievable 200% increase in gun deaths this summer means only one thing. The pressure is on elected officials to steer us out of danger. Require universal background checks, close the gun show loophole, and make gun trafficking a federal crime. Stop gun trafficking. Destroy the Iron Pipeline and gun violence. Get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gag No Guns. On Insta and Facebook, we're Gays Against Guns New York. Like, share, tweet, watch, repost. Help us get the word out. And to find out more about having a fabulous time with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net. You can learn more about our gag chapters in located nationwide. We're everywhere from L.A. to D.C. to Chicago to P-Town. And you can learn how to create your own chapter. And the biggest way that you can support our show is become a WBAI buddy. We are a unique show. You can call to pledge 516-620-3602. You can donate online, www.give2wbai.org. You could send a check to Pacifica WBAI, 388 Atlantic Avenue, Brooklyn, 11217. But get out there, open up your wallet, and support us because you know you are an activist and you are part of community radio. And you especially know that when you give to WBAI and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So thank you all. Well, that's the end of our show. I want to thank Jeremy Stein, the executive director of Connecticut Against Gun Violence, uh, for talking with us about some of the sensible and proven gun violence prevention laws uh, that are in Connecticut. Also, I think it was a great discussion about how to talk to gun owners with knowledge and empathy. Um, and Jeremy gave me my favorite new question. Do you have a gun in the house? Uh, hopefully we've armed you with enough knowledge about gun laws or the iron pipeline uh, so you can have civil discussions about guns in our country and in our homes. Thanks for listening, and we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. As always, we leave you with our fabulous political singing queer tat Sing Out Louise. Guess what, folks? Vote them out. Thanks again for listening. Taylor never spoke about how she planned to vote. Now the girl is woke, mm-hmm. cause the country's broke, mm-hmm. she is not afraid to fight, stand up for human rights, for the LGBTQ, mm-hmm. folks of color too, mm-hmm. yeah she's resisting, can't stop she's persisting, and she is insisting, you do too and we're all gonna be alright. 
All the haters full of hate, 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 hate. They don't know what makes us great, 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 great. And November is the date, 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 date. Gotta vote them out, vote them out. GOP is on the take, 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 take. Saying climate change is fake, 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 fake. While they let the planet bake, 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 bake. Gotta vote them out, vote them out. Let's fight for Medicare. The schools that need repair. We want equal pay. Mm-hmm. And no more NRA. Mm-hmm. Stand up for the law. Stand up for the law. Impeach for Kavanaugh. Screw you, Kavanaugh. They want to take our choice. Nuh-uh. Cause we have found our voice. Yeah, Yeah, we're resisting. Can't stop, we're persisting. And we are insisting. You do too, and we're all gonna be all right. All the haters full of hate, 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 hate. They don't know what makes us great, 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 great. And November is the date, 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 date. Gotta vote them out, vote them out. GOP is on the take, 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 take. Saying climate change is fake, 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 fake. While they let the planet bake, 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 bake. Gonna vote them out, vote them out. Hey, 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 just think. While you've been out getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats in the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. Rich white men got a new Kremlin and it's in D.C. But we ain't gonna take it to the phony billionaire with the hella orange hair. There are more of us than you and we will vote you out. All the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. They don't know what makes us great, 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 great. And November is the date, 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 date. Gonna vote them out, vote them out. GOP is on the take, 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 take. Saying climate change is fake, 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 fake. While they let the planet bake, 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 bake. Gonna vote them out, vote them out. We're gonna vote them out, vote them out. Yeah, vote them out, vote them out.